We practice meditation and over time we get better at recognizing the patterns of our thoughts. Better at separating fact from fiction. Better at asking ourselves the question, is this thought true or am I creating a story? And if I'm creating a story, what is this story doing to my body in terms of a racing heart and muscle tension and inflammation? What is this story doing to my sense of peace in terms of anxiety and despair? And who would I be and what would life feel like without this story? Meditation gives us the skills to see the fiction and drop the fiction and this provides tremendous relief to our bodies and minds and creates space for something new. So why don't more people do it? What's the hang up? It's free. It's empowering. It's effective. My team put together a list of the most common questions, comments, pushback that we get on meditation. And I'm going to do my best to answer some of those today. So here we go. I have tried meditation. Here's the first one. I have tried meditation, but I'm bad at it. I can't sit still. Has anybody else <laughs> ever tried meditation and felt like they were bad at it and uh, dropped it because of it? Because there's sometimes this assumption that we must be born good at it, that if we're not already calm, we're not meant to meditate. Or we look at the person next to us who's meditating and they're sitting so perfectly erect and still and they look so peaceful and we assume that they're good at meditating and we're bad at meditating. The one thing I'll say to this today is that we practice meditation. We practice meditation over and over, day in and day out, week in and week out, over years, over decades. We practice, and through practice, we get more skilled at it. Nobody starts good at meditation. Nobody does. And that's why we have to practice. It's like saying you want to become a basketball player and you've never played basketball and just assuming that you're going to be able to dribble between your legs and around your back and make threes and all that good stuff. You, you're not instantly good at it. It takes practice. It takes commitment. It takes dedication and de dedication and consistency. So um, if you're feeling like you're bad at it, at meditation, you're not alone, but um, it's exactly the reason to meditate, right? Um, it's a signal that we actually need it. So I'll start there. Okay, here's the second question. I play the guitar, which fully engages my attention. Isn't this a form of meditation? I actually get this a lot, um, often from musicians, um, sometimes athletes uh, regarding playing sports or uh, painters. Um, one of the more one of the interesting ones I got was from the, a pilot of a fighter jet who said that when he's flying and in formation, he's so dialed, he's so dialed, his attention is so focused that there's just immense peace in that. Um, and I, what I would say is, isn't that amazing that we have these activities 
that can consume our attention. And by consume, I mean, they give us a break from our ourselves and our racing minds. So instead of our, our minds being scattered and us caught up um, in thinking about the future or the past, instead, this activity brings us right here. And we're not on our phones and our mind isn't racing. We're doing this one thing. And I think that's so beautiful and so necessary. But I also would argue, suggest that that's not meditation. Um, meditation is different in terms of the skills that you're building while you meditate. So while you'll get, you'll often get that same sense of relief and peace, um, that part's similar, but the skill building is separate um, or different. So the meditation that I practice, you're basically working on three skills. Number one, you're choosing where to place your attention. Oftentimes the breath and sometimes it's the senses, but you're choosing where to place your attention instead of your attention, again, being stuck in some fictional future or um, ruminating on something in the past, we're reminding ourselves we have a choice. We don't have to be at the mercy of a racing mind. We have a choice. So we're number one, building that skill of choosing where to place our attention. Number two, we place our attention on this thing. But number two is we notice, we notice when our attention drifts. So we stay with the one thing. We keep our focus there. But we also become aware. We notice when the attention drifts. Think about how important that is and how often in our lives we don't notice that we've drifted, that we went off to the races and are living in a fictional story. We don't notice. Sometimes we wake up 10 years from now and we're wondering what just happened. You know, uh, Why am I in this job? Why am I in this relationship? I What happened? Instead, in meditation, again, we're choosing where to place our attention. We're noticing when our attention drifts. The third thing, the third aspect of meditation, the third skill that we're building is that once we notice that we've drifted, once we've noticed, we bring our attention back to where we originally chose to place it. So it's that noticing, but number three is coming back over and over again. And sometimes even in a 10 minute meditation session, we might have to do that a hundred times. If it's a day our mind is particularly wily, running away from us, we're still working on the art, the art of these three skills. Place our attention, choose where you're going to put your focus, notice when you've drifted, and then bring it back home, even if you have to do it over and over again. And I would argue, I would argue that um, those sessions where we are having trouble sitting still, where our, um, our mind is uh, leaving. Those are the days we get the most practice at noticing that our attention drifted and the most practice at coming back. So any day of meditating, any session of meditation is a source for celebration. Sometimes you'll practice 
and you'll be peaceful and you'll focus your attention and it won't drift very often and you'll get relief from that and it'll feel lovely. Other days, your attention will move a lot and you'll have to bring yourself back a lot. But those are the days that we really get good at noticing and coming back. So, so every day has an aspect of um, relief and celebration for meditation. Okay. Okay. Question number three, how often should I meditate and how long should the sessions be? So as an advocate of meditation, I, you know, for me, more is better. But when you're just starting out, the most important thing, the most important thing is consistency. So I would say practice every day, at least once a day. But when you're first starting out, maybe keep the sessions short. Maybe start with two minutes. And by keeping them short, you'll increase your likelihood that you'll do it. And what I think will happen over time is that the more you practice, the more you're going to want to practice, the more you're going to see the growth and you're going to see the changes in your life. And the more you're going to, your meditation practice will feel like home and not like a foreign place. So if we're kind of thinking from a beginner's standpoint, I'd say practice every day. I would argue for the morning if you have to choose in the morning before decision fatigue sets in practice every morning, start with two minutes and go from there. So here's the fourth question. Why focus on the breath? The breath feels too vague for me. So I'll start with the, the, the case for the breath. <laughs> um, the breath is always with us. It's always right there within reach. It's always happening right now, right now. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring the attention and the focus and our minds and our bodies to right now, not racing off into the future, this fictional future, not ruminating on the past, but bringing ourselves and our awareness right here right now. And that's why the breath ends up being like this really beautiful thing to use. But I also understand the conundrum when you're first, when we're first starting a meditation practice that the breath feels a little vague, a little slippery. And so I think the number one thing to do, the number one thing to do when you're meditating is simply to breathe. <laughs> Don't hold your breath, simply breathe. Maybe take some intentional breaths, a few intentional deep breaths as a way to ground yourself at the start of the practice, as a way to connect your mind and body and breath in one place. And then again, if you're first starting out though, do that as a, as a way to recognize and make that connection with the breath, but then maybe move to something more tactile, like the senses, your sense of touch, your sense of sight and smell and taste and sound. Those are things that typically as a new person, we can wrap our heads around a little bit more, or even things, um, there are other tools like counting, 
Um, there are mantras. There are, are many different tools we can use to practice meditation. And over time, we can guide our focus more and more to the breath as we start to feel that connection more, as we start to get more skilled. But I'd say don't get too caught up on that at first. Don't get too, don't let that be the thing that stops you. If you're having trouble connecting with your breath, placing your attention there, staying with the breath, let go of that. Just take a few deep breaths, get grounded, and focus on something else. Okay. Here's number five. I know that meditation would help me, but I do not have the time to do it. I'm going to repeat that. That's worth repeating. I know that meditation would help me, but I do not have the time to do it. I would argue that you do not have the time not to do it. Because once you're meditating for a while with consistency and you start seeing the impacts on your life, the impacts on your decisions, the time-saving impacts on your life, the time-saving impacts on your decisions. You are able to move through your day in the world with so much greater clarity. You are less likely to have to spend time cleaning up, <laughs> cleaning up for bad decisions, cleaning up for um, issues in your relationship that come from being reactive or being caught up in a fictional story in your head, um, less time cleaning up financial messes, career decisions. So the return on investment for the minutes that you spend meditating every day is, is so profound. I know it's hard at first when you haven't experienced the benefits yet to carve out time when you're very busy and have a lot of demands on your time. But what I can promise you is that it will be well worth it. And that time will have an incredible return on investment. Okay. The next one. I love meditation because it is a time I can solve my work problems. <laughs> Again, I'll repeat it. I love meditation because it is a time I can solve my work problems. I remember talking to someone directly about this, and I remember feeling this m myself, is that a lot of times in throughout our day, and especially if we're going to just for a moment focus just on work, a lot of times in the work day, what we don't have is enough space and time to problems to problem solve, to strategize, to do the big picture thinking required to do our job well. So when we start a meditation practice, um, we sometimes end up, instead of meditating, instead of meditating, instead of meditating, we end up using that time to problem solve and we confuse that with meditation. And again, I'll say this, it's lovely to have the space to actually have time to problem solve for our work issues, um, to carve out that space, to have the big picture thinking time and strategy time. But again, that is, that is not meditation. So what I would recommend, what I would recommend is that you carve out your meditation time to meditate and then 
what would also be of great value is within your workday for you to carve out time, quiet time, time without meetings, without interruptions, without the phone pinging, you know, time to take a step back and look at the issues in your work, the problems in your work, and think about them from a big picture perspective. Give yourself space, give yourself space. And again, just like meditation, just like meditation time, the return on investment will be incredible. But I would just, I would just suggest that you not use your meditation time to problem solve for work, because that means you're not meditating. It's tempting. I know, I know it's tempting. I've I faced this myself, but anyway. Okay. Next thing. Ooh, this one's a little bit of a hot topic. Um, I am religious and not sure how meditation fits into that. What I would offer, and again, each person has to make their own decision about this. And each person has their own faith and their own construct around that. But what I would offer as a suggestion is that they are two separate things. And I would argue that meditating, creating time to meditate, having a meditation practice, learning to focus your mind and your heart, learning to recognize the patterns of your thinking, learning to come back to center and come back to home, learning to carve out peace and quiet. I would argue that all those things complement a faith practice, that you'll have more breathing space for your faith practice. I don't think it has to be one or the other. I don't think one discounts the other. I actually think that they can work together so beautifully. So again, take that and think about it. But I also know that this is intensely personal and you'll have to make that decision for yourself. Okay. Next one. The transition from the calm of meditation back to the reality of my day feels jolting. Any suggestions? Again, this is something that I struggled with for a while as well. And especially early on in my practice, I've now been practicing 25 years, 30, 20, between 25 and 30 years. I'll have to go back and do the exact math, but this, this was a struggle for me as well. So you take the time to meditate. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's twice a day. Maybe it's three times a day or more, but let's say you're meditating in the morning and you have your session, no matter how long it is. And that session brought you peace and you're feeling peaceful. And the session ends, the bell chimes, however you're going to handle that from knowing that the session has ended. And you open your eyes and the next thing you know, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> you're just, <laughs> the dog starts barking, the phone starts ringing, issues need to be handled. And it can feel, that can feel um, 
difficult, that transition from peace to instantly being back at it. And the one practical suggestion I can give about that is to um, give yourself just a little bit of a buffer time and practice between meditation and having to be on in your life. And it could be as simple, as simple as if you are using a chime of some sort, um, a bell that signals the end of your meditation practice, that you stay there with your eyes closed and take a few deep breaths and then open your eyes and stay there peaceful and take a few deep breaths. And now with your eyes open, the world is sort of re-entering your nervous system. So you're, you're through this practice, you're bringing yourself back up and in a bit. And I think that will help. But if we just, if the bell chimes and we open our eyes and we're on, it, it doesn't feel great. So you have to be intentional about that transition. And it could be short and sweet and mindful. Okay. Last one. This is the last one. My back hurts when I try to sit in the meditation posture. This is not a small issue. Uh, you know, so many people are dealing with chronic pain. Sometimes it's people's backs or hips or shoulders or, or whatever the case is. And so they have an idea of how things are going to look and feel in terms of a, a meditation posture, the way we're supposed to sit. And I would just say that work with what is for your body work with what is. So if you need back support while you're meditating, sit up against a wall or sit up against the back of your chair, build your practice in a way that makes sense for you and your body. I think the other thing that I would um, offer is that at first, if you are sitting, let's say in the more traditional cross-legged position, if you're sitting on the floor, let's, uh, one thing I would offer is that you sit up on blocks or some pillows, something that elevates your hips, that's going to keep you out of your low back. So that's a very practical thing um, to suggest. The other thing that I think surprised me and surprises a lot of people is that even if you start your meditation practice with your back not against the wall or uh, against the back of the chair, if you just start it upright and then maybe 30 seconds or a minute in, you need to use the backrest. That's fine. Do that. Meet your body where it's at. But I think what surprises most people, especially if you are being consistent and meditating every day, you will be shocked. You will be absolutely shocked at how quickly your back muscles develop. Um, and you'll be able to sit, you know, barring, barring a specific injury or something along those lines, you'll find that you should be able to sit for longer and longer without any support of your back. And it's, it's this wonderful side benefit of meditation is all the physical aspects, the physical um, relief that we get in terms of felt tension in the body, the strengthening of the back, the opening of the hips, depending on how you're deciding to sit. Um, uh, the, the recognition um, the awareness of where the way we're holding our body and 
you know, um, and that ability, if we recognize it, the ability to course correct, to not have our head be coming forward, to bring our shoulders down our back. There's so many beautiful side benefits of meditation. Okay. So I wanted to answer these today because if there's anything that I can do, anything I can do to help you get started down this path, um, it's had such a, it's been a powerful force in my life. Um, and the impact on each day, the impact on each decision and my relationships and everything is so incredible that I recognize that these questions and comments are very real. They're very real barriers. And so I just wanted to take a stab at, at um, answering them. And like I said, anything I can do to help you get started. We have whole other episodes where we talk about how to meditate and guided meditation. And there's a lot of stuff at my website um, for the KathleenSessions.com. Uh, a lot of information there um, if you're getting started with your practice. And please feel free to um, send a, a message through the site as well and let me know how you're doing and what kinds of questions you have. Okay. Thank you so much for listening or watching today. This is the Kathleen Sessions podcast. To support this work, please visit us at thekathleensessions.com and subscribe to our YouTube and podcast channels. Have a beautiful day.